Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Joining me. It's Nikki. And Richie Rich. We've got Mr. David Ridley of the Ridley Report. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. You uh, hate to talk about myself too much here, but uh, you remember that video back in 2018 where Keene State College kicked me off the campus because I tried to film a government meeting? I do actually remember that. Yeah, vaguely, but still. <clears throat> so that has brought me back to King State College, you know, now and then. Uh, you know, censorship draws me like a magnet. Uh, and I was over there <clears throat> last month. Uh-huh. Uh, well, yeah, I guess it was on the 23rd. Uh, and um, I discovered, actually, I discovered this online. This is part of why I went over there. Uh, apparently, they, they've got an event coming up where they're going to ban coats. Coats? Coats. Yes, they're going to ban people from bringing, it's like a speech, someone's giving a speech, and they're going to ban people, they're banning everybody from bringing coats into the, the building where the speech is going to be held. What about well, jackets? Could you wear a jacket? Yeah. Oh, yes, jackets also are banned. Uh, I, I mean, mean I, to be fair, it's not cold enough for coats or jackets yet, so you've got to be some kind of psychopath I mean, that's to want to wear debate. one. I know people that wear, you know, like sweaters in the winter. You what about, know? What about well, like, winter, tell, though? It's not winter yet. I mean, no, sorry, I meant in the summer. But anyways, like, you can't really dictate what someone else's body temperature is or, you yeah, know. Yeah, psychopaths. What about a vest? Could you wear a vest? I should clarify that it, it, I don't know if it, it, it may not be a ban in the whole building, but in, you know, in, the, in the auditorium or whatever where the speech is going to be given, that's where it cooks at least, at least there. I don't want you hiding anything banned. up your sleeve. Will they at least be providing a coat check service? Yes, there'll be a place people can hand their coats in <laughs> and <clears throat> like a coat buyback. <laughs> we should, oh, we should the, overwhelm uh, the coat buyback <laughs> and everyone should just be handed a coat out front to check it when they go in. <laughs> <laughs> just and, go and, to the thrift store, buy yeah, the whole rack right. of coats, hand them out to everybody. Yeah. So what is the purpose, though, of the coat yeah, what, slash why, jacket ban? Why, why the ban? Okay, so I went into the building and just thought, well, I'll just ask the first employee that I see, yep. right? And sure enough, I walked up to a guy's office, and there there was a, actually a relatively nice King State College employee, and he, he answered my questions. <clears throat> All right, they're on camera. And this, this is all up on RidleyReport.com. And, uh, you know, he just said, he gave some sort of a vague answer. And you should hear him say it for, for yourself. But he basically sort of a vague answer about, well, security. And there's been, you know, some people don't like some people and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's the uh, rule of the speaker. And the speaker wants it that way. And so they acquiesce to the speaker. <clears throat> Probably so. And the, um, the, like, the speaker is not particularly well known. I've never heard of her. She's an author. She's been, you know, uh, some, she's had some articles and you know, major newspapers. Uh, but, you know, she's not uh, she's not a household uh, name by any stretch. Is it she and, that is asking for the ban on coats? Well, he, he goes into that, I think, to some extent. I don't remember exactly what he said. Just, you know, just look at the tape. Okay. But she's uploaded. got, like, PTSD for jackets, and it would trigger her, and they don't want... They don't want her to have a mental health breakdown well, on stage. I mean, you'd think if she was that sensitive that maybe she shouldn't be a public speaker, well, but that's maybe why, that's, that's me why being it's in insensitive. No, that's why it's in the writer. You can be the public speaker if you want to see my talk. I don't like people in coats. Completely unrelated to this story that Ridley is telling us, there was a, I don't remember the artist, maybe you'll remember, there was an artist 
late and 80s, early 90s, oh. that had an album called Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. <clears throat> nice. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> so this, uh, Magic rectangle this, die. This speech will be in October, uh, so it's not at a particularly cool, you know, not a particularly warm time of year. Yeah. Uh, they've also, they're also banning purses uh, and videography. Ooh. That's a lot of phobias. I retract. <laughs> so are they worried about people bringing in, like, firearms? Like, I don't understand. Because you no, think, like, a simple... firearms. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, right, yeah. so that's a good point. So apparently you can open carry into this place. <laughs> you just can't but you, wear a jacket? You just can't be comfortable in temperature. That's actually interesting. I would That makes the, me interested to open carry, very <laughs> obviously. Venues, yeah. Like, I'll, you know, like, sling a, you know, a right, yeah, AR-15 yeah. across my back and go in. You got a couple six I mean, shots on your hips. Also, it's a the campus, so they might, that might already be a blanket rule. Is no it? firearms? Okay. I'm oh, not I, sure. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, I'm not really sure. I think that was a rule at, like, every college I, I went to. I have been on but, campus uh, probably 20 times or so, maybe, maybe more. Uh, we used to have a, a Wednesday breakfast at the Keene State University at their cafeteria uh, on Wednesdays or whatever, and so I would go every Wednesday. I don't recall ever once seeing anybody armed, so they may have some prohibition against it. So. Also, I want to yeah. say that the um, the band you were talking about is Blink-182. Yeah. Oh. But that wouldn't have been the That's 80s. Horrible. It's the 90s, right? Yeah, it's the 90s. Okay. Well, you know, we're sitting here, and we're talking into this thing, which is a microphone, and then, at, at, you know, at some other random places on planet Earth, uh, people are intaking the sounds that we make into their heads. Sometimes I forget that. Yeah. Sometimes I just it's think we're just, way. like, chilling. It's it's easier that way. So at one point, yeah. like, I've been doing the podcast, my own yeah. podcast, whatever, for a while. The and anarchist it, experience. Right, thank you. And at one point in time, we got it on LRN.FM. I think mm-hmm. it's still on LRN, isn't right. it? Right. Yeah. But it was a big goal at yeah. the time. Right. And I, you know, so I called up my co host. I'm like, dude, we're on LRN.FM. Yeah. He's like, oh, no. I'm like, what do you mean, oh, no? Like, this this was the goal. Like, we've made it. Right. Yeah. You know, he goes, like, well, up until this point, right, I could just assume that nobody was listening. Yeah. Right. And now I know that there's, you know, thousands of people there's listening. Definitely listening. There's, there's definitely right, yeah. listeners. And it made him nervous for a little that's, bit. You know what? Actually, that's a great point. So I make um, like content for like pre-recorded yoga classes, essentially. Sure. And it's the same sort of thing, right? It's like I see the views on YouTube, but you just assume it's like randos on the internet. So yeah, whenever right. like I would have family members and friends coming up to me like, well, I've been taking your yoga classes. Like, so cool. I'm like, whoa, you're actually like listening to me speak and yeah. teach a class. And of course, you know, I also teach yoga classes in person. But for some reason, it's just... It feels different. It feels more like okay. daunting. To be fair, no one has ever come up to either of us. It's so like, oh my God, I've heard you. Like, yeah. Nobody's still listening, right? But it just feels different now. The first Fork Fest that I attended, uh, I, I was already on this show by the time I attended my first fest. And, uh, you know, I was just hanging out, you know, helping set up and, you know, do the show and all this kind of thing. And uh, you know the bathrooms are a little ways away from the Free Talk Live site, not too far, but you know I was just like, hey, I gotta gotta go hit the John, and uh, I start walking sort of across all these campgrounds, and I see this guy like way off in the distance, and he's sort of making a beeline for me, and as I sort of jog left and jog right to get through the campsites, he jogs left and jogs right, and he's he's coming right for me, literally. So right? hand on your hip at that point. And so, I, 
I thought it's about Porkfest, it, but you never know. I thought yeah. about it, but you know. And uh, finally, you know, we we intersect, and and he goes, "You're Captain Kickass, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Oh, he spotted you from like 500 yards." Yeah. He's like, "Dude, can I get a <laughs> selfie?" And I'm nice. like, oh, yeah, of course, dude. You know, it, there was no threat at all. It was just yeah. somebody who was a fan. That's when you realized you, know? you were a celebrity? I don't. I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> I expected way more. Somebody Somebody else was like, uh, um, I went to, uh, it was the protest at like the governor's house or something. Oh, yeah. And uh, somebody there was like, oh, my gosh, Captain Kickass is here. Right? They had that, you know, that fanboy moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, so what's it like to be famous? I'm like, dude, I am not famous. <laughs> and he's like, well, you are to me. And I'm like, okay, I'll give you that, right? Yeah. You know, you listen to the show. Thank you so much. I was, you know, trying to be uh, the attitude of gratitude is what I was yeah. trying to get across, right? But it probably didn't start off that way because yeah. I'm like, whatever, dude. You're I just trying nothing. to keep it real, you know? Like- the, the appropriate answer is buy me a drink and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> For future reference. Yeah, I had somebody at Porkfest this past year actually say, like, oh, do you, like, people around here, like, treat you guys like celebrities? And, like, honestly, like, everybody at Porkfest, I probably, like, the majority of these people I know personally, like, they all live in New Hampshire. Like, these are my friends. Yeah. No, no one really yeah, feels that way about me. And so many, like, libertarian activist types are all doing their own thing. Like, they all right. have, a lot of people have a large internet following, or they have their own podcast, yep. or they, they have do a, their own videos. Yeah, very or, successful yeah. business or something. I'm like, we're just, They I write don't know. books. They, you know, yeah. We're just getting things done here, you know? What What is interesting about it is that, y- to some extent, everyone there is sort of a celebrity, right? Yeah, I Not everyone, but, the community. but a large yeah. number of people who are there are activists of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether they're running for office, whether they're doing you know political activism, whether they're they're standing up for some issue or another, uh, a majority of people there are activists of some sort, or at least participants in the activism. Right? If activists go out and organize a thing, they're like, yeah, I'll come out. You know, they'll hold a sign or what? You know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and also, I kind of equate now having been to several of these pork and fork fests. Uh, I kind of equate it to a bit of a family reunion. Yeah. That's how it yeah. feels to me. There's always like sub drama, you yep. know, we're like, oh, so and so got into a thing last year and, you know, somebody threw water at his face or what, you know, this kind of a thing. But then like everybody there is just like, oh, it's so good to see you again. I haven't seen you in a while. Mm-hmm. Or there's a lot of first time meetings. Yeah, I've been coming to this thing for four years. I have yet to have met this person. Yeah. Uh, and, and that kind of a thing. So in, in that way, it reminds me very much of a very large family mm-hmm. reunion. It the does, Freedom Family, if you will. Yeah, it does feel that way. And even though New Hampshire is a relatively small state, I mean, we do get a lot of people who are still like within the community that live elsewhere. Um, but even like though New Hampshire is a small state, it's like I don't see everyone in Manchester all the time. I don't see everybody on the seacoast yeah. or, you know, people that live up in northern New Hampshire. Forget about it. I don't I don't make it up there, you know, only yeah, a few living, times a year. Living in like the southwest corner of, of New Hampshire uh, sort of isolates us from the folks a who live bit, on yeah. like the seacoast and the, the big city, if you will, of Manchester. Yeah. It's not that big. <laughs> it's like 100,000 people or it's something. So it's, well, it is a legitimate city. It's got like, yeah. you know, tall buildings and yeah. freeway bridges and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, like, it is a legitimate city. It's just, you know. It's, a legitimate it's not city. Seattle. It's a legitimate city in New Hampshire. Unscreened caller, what's your name, please? You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, this is uh, David Hathaway. I'm sitting here with my wife, Karen, in Arizona. Hey, and David. we're just... Uh, <laughs> We're really bummed out about Ian's situation. And, you know, when I call in in the past, 
we we try to avoid being negative or getting on that subject. But I mean, as it's gotten closer, um, and it's really on our mind, and we intended to go out there and just kind of a family situation dropped out of the sky, and we weren't able to do it. And we we wanted to go out there days in advance so we'd have some time sure. out there on the ground in New Hampshire and not just for in sentencing. But I don't know. I hate to be pessimistic and negative, but I mean, it's just it's just a real bummer. And we've just been feeling real bad about it for the last couple of weeks. And I'll let my my wife, Karen, chime in, chime in if she has anything to say. Sure. Hi, guys. We just uh, love listening to you all. And we're just praying for you. And well, thank you so much for the yeah. support. It's getting real, right? Yeah, yeah, it does feel real at this point. Yeah, and you know, in my prior career, I've seen a lot of federal sentencings, and just the reality, I can keep hope that they, they'll let him stay out pending an appeal, but I've just never seen that happen. You know, they do the pretrial report, and they have the upper end and the lower end of the sentencing range, and then on the day that the sentence is pronounced, I mean— I mean, I hope the letters work. I wrote a letter. I know I think Thank over you. 100 people wrote letters. But um, I just, uh, like I say, I, I hate to be negative and I hate to be pessimistic. And I know Ian also held held this show together and just kind of the whole setup there. I mean, he was the guy, you know, you know, he had the attitude that he, he's got to make it work and he would do it himself. The, the satellite feed to Africa, the AMPS program, the affiliate stations, yeah. the day-to-day technical issues, the video feed. And um, like I said, I'm trying not to be negative and And I think it's obviously going to affect this show. Is somebody going to step in and have that level of intensity that he did to keep everything together on the technical side and the infrastructure and the the marketing and the advertising and the amps program and everything like that but it is going to be tell, a challenge yeah i i just hate to call in and just be bummed out but that's kind of what it is you know hey, <laughs> i mean as as much as this uh, you know is a call in show to talk about whatever you want it's okay to call in and be like dude i'm totally bummed yeah like, and i do yeah. appreciate your support i mean you know i i mean i'm totally bummed too and yeah. you know i'm here in the, in the middle of it and you know to that extent we've We've had to have some uh, difficult conversations internally with the the crew and the the hosts and the co-hosts and you know Ian and that kind of thing about like how do we weather this storm? What are our plans? What yeah. contingencies do we yeah. need to have in place? And so we think we have you know something to to keep the show alive, depending yeah. on what happens, regardless of which outcome yeah. uh, happens. So uh, the show is poised to go on. So you can rest assured that the show will continue. It's just what does it look like long term or, or even short term right the the best case scenario is uh, yeah they they let him out uh, pending the appeal uh, and then the show yeah, just continues as normal but the worst case scenario is we need to make some adjustments mm-hmm. yeah and i will yeah, say Arya is you know, probably going to get out around like april that's not set in stone but right. but that's probably when she will be getting out um and Arya also has like a lot of tech knowledge not yeah. on the level of doing the show that ian would be but she has but, she's the second wizard as i like to call yes, it ian's so, first wizard and Arya's second wizard as yeah. far as the operations uh of the show are concerned mm-hmm. yeah and you know also just on the the principal aspect of ian like not just to mention I get spoiled, I could just call in. Previously, it was, you know, uh, potentially any night of the week he would be on, sometimes guest host. But, you know, now there's the other programming. But just the ability to call up and talk to him. But the principled attitude that he had 
about being completely against all aspects of statism. And, you know, there's people out there in the libertarian camp that will kind of have their little one pet issue that they need the state to be involved in this or in that. But That's why we call them libertarians, not anarchists. Yeah, it redeems propensity to just like, let's call them what they are, you know, thugs, thieves, criminals, murderers, and, you know, get past calling them anything like public servants or the government employees or cops or whatever, call them what they are. And just the, it's so rare. I have my podcast feed filled up with all kinds of libertarian podcasts, but it is actually quite rare to have somebody who is across the board on whatever it is, you know, absolutely. Yeah. He's one of the most principled dudes that I've ever met. I can't say that I've met anyone else more principled than, than Ian Freeman. Evolution takes time. Uh, the first people who ever said, Hey, you know what? Um, I think it's wrong for us to be keeping humans as slaves. Yeah. Right. There was only like one guy at first. Then there was like maybe three, Right. And it took a long time because of communication and geography for like that to become like a group of people. And it took a long time for that group of people to be, you know, to to have that idea permeate to other people where it became a thing that people wanted to do. And so that's kind of where we're at. We have the advantage, of course, with the freedom movement here in New Hampshire of fast and far reaching communication. Right. This show is one of those things. Right. All the podcasts that you mentioned and other uh, media that other activists create. Yeah. Right. That's all, you know, worldwide. Yeah. I mean, we're in the age of technology. Yeah. I mean, I could text somebody and they'll get it immediately. I mean, you know, 100 years ago, it's like, what, am I well, using the telegraph or right. writing a so, letter? So the hope is that um, the philosophies of freedom, the idea that we should just start with the non-aggression principle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's easy. It, like, like, hopefully it doesn't take as long as it did to end slavery yeah. as it did, as it, you know, does will to get people to go, hey, this is a good place for humanity to start treating people as humans. Was there any harm to a person or a person's property? If the answer is no, then there was no crime. And I, I will still contend that whereas the non-aggression principle is a good starting place, mm-hmm. right? You have to anticipate those that will not extend the same courtesy. Sure. And those people must be met with violence. In self-defense, yes. In self-defense. Yes. However you want to justify it. Yeah. But there's there's Which, a there's a fundamental mistake that a lot of people, you know, advocates of the non-aggression principle, libertarians, what have you, and that's that's the non-violent aspect of it. Like some may, some may call it pacifism, mm-hmm. right? And and I am not convinced that that path will ever work. Well, to be fair, there are pacifists within the larger freedom movement here in New Hampshire. Understood. But there's also people who are not. Right. And, and that also doesn't have anything to do with the non-aggression principle. Like you're saying, the non-aggression, like you can use self-defense. Yes. I get it. But yeah. there, are those, there are those that won't. Right. There's, you know, the, and they don't have to. There's a mantra. Right. It used to go like no justice, no peace. Right. Right. And what we see all over the place is no justice is no justice. But yet no, uh, but no retribution. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no setting those people straight yeah. so that they lean more towards non-aggression and justice. And the reason for that uh, is because no one wants to get violent yeah. yet. Right. In on the scale that it would take to make that happen. Right. And what, go ahead. 
I'm just going to say, like, for me personally, I wouldn't go out of my way to use violence. Like, oh, well, this, you know, the the police, they're, you know, they're doing all these things. I see them doing all these horrible things to people. I'm not going to go out of my way to, like, bomb the police well, station. We understood. We did but if see. they come to me and they're threatening me, that's a different story. Once you start threatening me and my family and my friends. Uh, we'll see. Directly, you know. We did see you know, in the, uh, the burning of the Minneapolis uh, Police Department. Oh, yes. yeah. Uh, we did see violence. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that type of a thing. And, uh, you know, now they're apparently paying those people. Okay. <laughs> Like that was their answer. Like people who rioted and helped burn the police uh, police station uh, during that incident. I'm trying to remember where it was. Minneapolis or whatever. They're paying the rioters. People people sued, and somehow the city is like, "Yeah, we're just going to settle this and pay everybody some money." Good. If that's that's the case, then fine. (laughs) Right. But on, on the on the scale necessary, and the second part of my contention is. there are those that want to call for peace. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, we, we want we don't want to get violent. Right. Well, the the people who are getting violent, right, are under they understand that might may not make it right, but it does make it so. Right. And and if you can be the most violent and have your way, number one, unfortunately, that that leads to a level of freedom not granted to the rest of the populace. Right, like on an individual level, those in power can do more than you can. Well, as a plebe, a, a a truly good man is a man who is dangerous. Yes, but has it under control. Yeah, that's Jordan Peterson quote. Yeah. Right, understood. But the the ones that don't have it under control, that use the violence of the state, use the political violence, right? They get away with more. Oh, they, they do. They, yes, they can do the stuff do. that you can't do as right. an individual citizen. Right. Because right. you they... can't do drugs, but Hunter Biden can. Right. right. In the and White House, a, no less. In the White House. And then it's a family issue. Right. You can't do that, but right. they can. And they can because they have the power and they keep that power through violence. I am right. as surprised as you that something hasn't happened already. I right. I anticipated something to pop off with like the uh uh, what was the the Seattle the World Trade Organization those okay. riots way back in the day? Sure, a couple decades ago. Now I expected, I half expected something to pop off with like the Bundy stuff. Yep, uh, the Bundy Ranch and that kind of thing. Yep, uh, I I expected far more than what we saw in the Minneapolis. I think that was a Black Lives Matter yep. uh, riot. I expected more than what that you know to happen. Um, so I don't know, you know what what will if anything, you know, uh, sort of get people to a point where Nothing. where they, they figure that I think that instead the way out of this is to build our way out of it. The Buckminster Fuller quote, yeah. uh, in order to change something, don't fight the existing thing. Instead, build a better way around it. Understood. But you have to defend your better way against the existing thing. Let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, this is Robert in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, Robert, what's on your mind? I have two th- two things. One is uh, the improvement of technology. I do believe will help um, in terms of getting government to be more honest. Um, <laughs> it, it couldn't, uh, really, really I, I do believe that. I mean, just think of what's going on with the ten twenty five twenty three forms. We would have never known about all the things that the bad things that are going on if the banks didn't have to fill. Get those forms and actually make them available to. I don't know anything. We make people fill out forms. We'll change government. I mean, I don't know anything about that, but it definitely is the the development of technology definitely does 
I don't know if it actually gives accountability. Not really, but it's at least... You can fill, fill out a FOIA request. Well, but it, you can see more of what's happening, right? Like a lot of the injustices of the government and all of the corrupt things that are going on. I mean, you scroll on Twitter or Facebook or, you know, choose social media platform of your choice. And, you know, you can scroll through a ton of people exposing right. all of this government nonsense. Yeah. Um, so if if people are listening and if they're open to receiving that information, I mean, people are starting to wake up, which I do think is definitely due to the the availability of this content. Yeah, the information is out there. And I, I've heard, I think even you've said this before, uh, that like if you want to look into it, the information exists. It's very available to you. If you want to look into what is government, where does it come from, where does it get its power, why is it violent, why is it coercive, right? All of the information on that exists and is readily available. Okay, It's getting people to look into it. That is where we well, run into the run into the issue because there's this cognitive dissonance from basically public schooling, near as I can tell, that kicks in where people don't want to know the or actual they just truth. Don't care. Guantanamo so is still people. open, right? Still open. Still open. Okay, just checking. Yeah, uh, the kids in cages. Still, yeah, still kids in okay, cages. Right. Uh, they've moved them to uh, military complexes oh. now, so that regular public can't get access to them. And when they were going to do the quantitative easing a few years ago, and Everyone called in to their senators, and it was like 98%, don't you guys do this? And they went ahead and did, did it, it anyway. anyway. Did yeah. it anyway. Okay, that, that happened. Right? It I'm did. Not mis- okay. Yep. Not a, not a, a, right. a what do you call that, the Miranda uh, the effect? Uh, the Miranda Mandala. Effect? Mandala. Mandala. Mandala effect, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Bernstein Bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, not mis- I'm not misremembering this. Like, nope, that happened. Guantanamo still open, kids in cages, and bailouts still happen. How are, okay. how are more forums going to help reform that, David? Robert, sorry. Oh, uh, yes. Um, well, no, not just more forms. I'm, I'm talking about the technological improvements as, uh, in, in total. Yes, the te- technological, we, we know we can communicate with each other right, right away. I mean, we, we could never have concentration camps would be, that would be effective because people would have cell phones in their pockets, which they could You already do. The, the kids in the cages, man. Yeah. Uh, right, here's, we know about those things. Here's a technology. And they're still in the cage. Here, here, there's already a technology that exists that's out there in the wild right now that government and banks and uh, you know other governments, uh, all governments actually, and all banks would love to shut down that has the potential to completely replace bureaucracy as a whole because it is a superior record-keeping system, and it's called the blockchain. It's the basis of Bitcoin technology, the basis of cryptocurrency technology, the blockchain is able to keep records far more accurately and truthfully than any government that has ever existed. And now the government has fed now. So so when it comes to things like, oh, I don't know, titling your car or uh, the title to the deed of your property, stuff like that, that previously mankind kind of needed some way to some siloed way some official keeper of record to do that right and that's kind of been the excuse for why government needs to exist well we need somebody to keep the records we don't need that anymore because there is a superior technology it's called the blockchain and it can do everything the bureaucracy does and do it better like governments are already beginning to adopt some features of the blockchain because it's the path of least resistance when it comes to doing the jobs that they are tasked to do which is bureaucracy so 
in that respect, you're onto something. But I don't think you're saying that about cryptocurrency, Robert. Well, I'm talking about government in general. I hate to say it, but I I do believe that government will always be a little necessary. We'll always need it because because my grandfather. We don't need it. Um, it may always be so, but we don't need it. Well, somebody's got to be in control of things in a kind of a way. Why? Or, no. Why? Because because it's just too complex at the top. I mean, you've I got reject to have that premise. The, the fact that you've it, it is complex to... means you don't want one person controlling it from the top. Well, you, you've got to have a small group or somebody at the, at the very mm, top. I reject that as well. Country. Somebody's got to be in an emergency or, or like the president. Look, you do need you need. Look, Robert. No, you don't. Robert, you might feel like Billy Madison. You might feel like some things are too complex for you to understand. And so you might look to something that resembles an expert in a field for guidance or help. Or you might even employ a service to help you uh, manage or understand uh, this complex thing. But it is not necessary for there to be an overriding organization of violence telling everybody else how it's going to be. We've got Jerome calling from South Carolina. Jerome, you're on Free Talk Live. Trump train! Choo-choo! Greetings and salutations, as my old auto mechanics teacher used to say to us. Hi, Jerome. How uh, are you doing? From time to time. Hey, I just Peace want to, to the say, nations. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, what are you supposed to do when the people that are in charge are corrupt and the people running to replace the people in charge are corrupt? Where does that leave you? And, uh, but that's not the one Vote thing harder I next time. I want, Maybe we I could fill out a form. Else. Wait. I want to mention something else, too. Wait, okay, so what, what's uh, the question, Jerome? Saw... Wait, hang on, what's the first huh? question? Repeat your first question. Captain wants a shot at it. Are you going to... I, I, I got a story about a football player I need to bring up, too, though. Well, well ask you, your question you did ask a question. I assume you wanted well, an answer yeah. to it. Okay, I, my question was, you say the people in charge are corrupt. Well, what do you do when the people running to replace the people that are in charge also corrupt. Oh, that's what an easy that one. Uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy game. It's insane to play. The only proper solution is to not play. You got no answer, of, of course. I'll tell you yeah. my answer. You're going to take your ball and go home. There doesn't need to be anyone in power. No, no, no. Everybody so, takes their ball and goes home simultaneously yeah. and ignores the bastards out of existence. That's yeah. entirely possible. So all of the people in power, we just take them out of power. And then there's yeah. no one to replace them. And the answer to your question, Jerome, is get rid of the chair. The chair is the problem. The throne, right? You don't need a king. You don't need a ruler. You don't need a president. Be your own king. Be your own president. That's all everybody needs to do. We decentralize the power to where everybody is president of themselves, and now no one needs to vote anymore. And a great line from a football movie, Jerome. Kill them yeah. all. Let the paramedics sort them out. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, there's a fatalistic viewpoint, if I've ever heard one. But no, I want to talk about Dak Prescott. I saw this story today oh, because God. I hadn't seen or heard about hang on, this. Hang on, Jerome. For those who don't know, Dak Prescott is a football player in the NFL, yeah. uh, quarterback Cowboys? for the Cowboys, right. I believe. Yeah. Okay, I'm a Cowboys so. fan. I'm a, um, your friend there, Richard Riz, asked me, well, what football team do you like? Because he said he likes the Raiders. And I didn't tell him, you know, I was, I was kind Ooh, of playing. He's playing hard to get. I like the, I've been I stewing know, on this I all like week. <laughs> He's been living rent-free inside Jerome's head for weeks. No, you're not. No, you're <laughs> not. I like the Cowboys. But I just heard saw a story about him on my phone today. He was under sedation for 11 hours 
because of, he wanted to get this tattoo on his leg. That has got to be one of the most ignorant damn things I have ever heard in my I'm life. I'm confused. What happened? Wait, why is it ignorant is to be sedated? sedated for a tattoo? 11 just man hours, up, man. Yeah, just get the tattoo. under sedation for 11 hours because of procedure where he because he wanted a leg tattoo. I mean, let the guy now, get high for a minute, right? He plays NFL to... football. No, Jeez, he's sedated. Man. He's just knocked out. He's dreaming. The That's well, weird. There, there's a difference yeah, between 11... unconscious and sedated. Right. For eleven. When you hours. when you get Novocaine in your mouth for the dentist, you you aren't passed out. They just numb a side of your mouth, okay. right? So sedation could just be they numbed his leg. All right. But that's not something you need to have, okay? When you have to have surgery to save your life or to you know to fix something that's wrong with you, yes, sedation I understand. But for a damn tattoo okay. for eleven hours. Why, yeah, I mean, why I does agree. this even bother you? Why I do you, agree why, that uh, it's dumb, but like, yeah, again, like Captain's saying, why do you care? It's why like you, not really yeah. that big of a deal. Like so I mean, there's probably thousands of people who get tattoos on a daily basis that are like, Hey, can I have some sedation? And they're like, Sure. No, that's weak. Hey, look, I'm I just saying it probably happens. Very why, pusillanimous. What is it about Dak Prescott, the football player, having You're this done that gets your goat? what the problem is. What is it? You only get one life. So you are, you the the are you mad about the tattoo? Or are you mad about the risk? Life. Hey, when, look, when you're under sedation, anything can happen, and sometimes it's something bad, okay? Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Out of the UK, almost 240,000 people died in the past two years waiting for National Health Service Care. Almost, but it's free. Almost a quarter of a million people died in the past two years while waiting for hospital treatment in the NHS. Freedom of information requests made by the Labor Party found that among 35 acute NHS trusts, 30,611 people had died during 2022 while on the waiting list. The 35 trusts represent 25% of the total nationally. Among the three quarters of trusts that did not respond uh, were some of the largest in, in the country. Labor said, uh, that's the Labor Party, said that extrapolating the figures to include all 138 trusts, an estimated 120,695 people died in 2022 while waiting for care. It's a very precise estimate. Yeah, it's oddly specific. <laughs> The previous year was almost as bad with 117,000 patients dying. But as, we should do that here, right? No. I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with the... Uh, uh, U.S. healthcare system? I, the, the, the U.S. subscription, medical subscription service. Because uh, it's not a healthcare system. They okay. just want you to be a subscriber. Or you're talking about health insurance now, right? Well, uh, yeah. In cooperation with government... Health care providers don't, right? They don't provide health care. 
They provide medical services that, and they're incentivized to gain subscribers. Yeah. So not I, fix you. I really like um, that New Hampshire doesn't fine people for not having health insurance because that opens up a whole nother market to yeah. health insurance alternatives and different kinds of like actual subscription services that are actually um, a lot better and a lot less expensive. Coming from a healthcare provider, right. I don't work with insurance. I refuse to because all insurance does is screw providers over and I can only see it being worse in the UK. And that's probably it, this to me sounds like a shortage of healthcare providers and of clinics and things like that. Um, well, this is what happens when you nationalize healthcare. Uh, there is a yeah. whole lot of screaming in the last decade or so from the U.S. people. Single payer healthcare. We need to nationalize health. Blah 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 blah. We need what they have in Canada or what they have in this country or that country. And it's like, have you taken a look at how that actually works? Because yeah, and it's not any better this, in Canada. This is what happens when you yeah. do that. And uh, in Canada, they're starting to euthanize people. Right. Yeah. Like that's what it has come to. That's the next stage. Which, and it, let me be clear, I do think if people want to die, there should be an easy way to do that. Um, but it seems like in Canada, I mean, they're just like really encouraging it. Like, oh, you're a you're a military vet that has PTSD. Have you thought of killing yourself? Why don't you kill yourself? You're going to be such a burden on this national healthcare <laughs> no, system. Yeah. Be- no, you know, the best service you could provide your country they're, now they're, is They're die. appealing to their like, sense of national pride. Yeah. Like, you yeah. can help out your fellow Canadian by killing yourself. It's yes. disgusting. Yeah. And they're doing the same thing with old people. Yeah. And listen, like, like I said, if you're old and terminally ill and you're just like, I've lived my life. I've lived a good life. It's time. It's my time. I want to go with peace and dignity. Yeah. I absolutely think that everyone has that right to make that decision. It's called freedom. But, but I don't think if somebody's like, you know, struggling with mental health issues or PTSD, it should be encouraged. I think it's like, okay, let's try therapy or like literally anything else besides that very more. first thing. Whoop, well, we could euthanize you. As a result of well over a decade of austerity, uh, that began during the last Labor government following the 2008 global financial crash. The NHS has been eviscerated to a point where it cannot provide timely treatment to millions of people. As the trusts were not asked to provide cause of deaths in the Freedom of Information requests, it is unknown how many lives could have been saved had care been provided sooner. There are now a record 7.6 million people on the waiting list in England alone. So That's you, crazy. You mentioned the possibility or probability of a shortage. Uh, with all that money they're collecting in taxes, could they could they not build a new facility, hire more doctors? Well, I, I think the, you know the path. It costs too much to pay the bureaucracy behind it. Oh, okay. And I think that might be it. I don't know what the going rate for any healthcare provider is in um, the UK. I'm probably assume going to assume that you're paid better in the US to be a physician. Okay. But I don't know that for a fact, but I just can't that that might be a big issue if they're if people aren't being paid enough. I mean like I'm just going to be honest, it sucks to be a nurse. It sucks to be a doctor. And I can only imagine working under a socialized healthcare system just makes it even more of a disaster. Let's go back to Dana who we were talking to uh, before the break. Uh, I know you had something on your mind, Dana, go ahead. Aside from hooking up yes, Scooter with a I, date. I called, yes, I called to um, answer a question that Nikki had. She was pondering um, UK, well, I was going to say UK, 
specifically England, the whole of UK, so that's Northern Ireland, uh, Wales, Scotland, and England. But all countries with socialized medicine, they do make far less than American doctors. For the British doctors specifically, on average, so for those people who don't understand averages, there are as many below as above that, you know, make um, more or less. It's 169 um, pounds. Pounds and $500. But when they retire, they get a very, very generous pension. So I guess you would have to, um, you know, go to uh, a financial advisor, um, you know, or an actuary and figure out if you figure out the pension in addition to your working years. And what they've been doing, in fact, um, it's so bad in the UK that they have been staging 48-hour strikes. And one of the worst ones just happened last month. At the end of August, they had a three-day holiday, and the doctors, senior, oh, these are senior-level doctors. I forgot to mention that. So these are not new entrants or mid-level. These are your most senior physicians are making 169.5. But like I said, they have generous pensions. But what the generous pension is, what does that include? I don't know. Um, But just know that the cost of living is extremely high, and specifically in in most places in England, especially London. So, um, but they did did a 48-hour strike, and then there was a three-day holiday, so they had no services for anybody going to a hospital. And you know during the holiday, whether it's the U.K. or the U.S., weekends, holidays, those are the biggest high-demand times sure. for emergency services. So they're pretty upset about that. So my comment about all this is for those millennials, and I'm not including any of you guys, but for those, Why not? unless you're well, unless oh. you're going to be part of this, what I'm about to say. So for those millennials and those Gen Z who want socialism, either get another country, buy an island, and go there and practice it yourself, but don't bring it here. Because Again, they can't even the afford people. groceries. They're not going to be able to buy an island. Yeah, here's here's the what, thing that right. I that I like so about socialism. It's that uh, everybody who pretends that they want socialism uh, has been and are still free to all get together, put all their money together, and then distribute it amongst themselves evenly. Except they don't do that. And that has never happened. Because they're frauds. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and you do have, like, the people who are, like, live in communes, but those are typically, like, hippies living off-grid. They want to be, and they're usually anarchist types, like they want to be left alone by the government and they're just doing their own thing and they're pooling their resources. Yeah, and guess what? Uh, but other they're than free that, to do that in, in, in a free market system, but they're yeah. not, not free to do that in a socialist system. Exactly. exactly. So and that's also different than socialism, right? Where it's like, and I think a lot of socialists think that that's what it would be like oh no it's all gonna be hunky-dory yeah. it's really not gonna be um people at the top eat people at the bottom don't eat and it's as simple as that i again exactly. i'm not a, i'm not playing the socialist role here but i think there's a failure uh to put yourself in their shoes right like those gen z gen y millennials 
who are calling for socialism aren't calling for it because they're socialists. They're calling for it because they can't afford it now. And you go like, well, you're not going to be able to eat in a socialist system. They can't eat now. Right. Right. You're not, you're not, that's not a good way to win hearts and minds is to tell them just to, just to, just go to, you know, take a medical tourism or find another country or buy your own. They can't afford it. Everyone's broke. Everyone's poor. And this is the only solution being presented to them as viable because part of the cost is then borne by the wealthy. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, Richie. Then, um, and I get what you're saying. Most of them have been indoctrinated. I don't disagree with that. But you know what I detest the most in in men and women is stupidity, not ignorance, because ignorance is just not knowing. But we have too much data and the access to it at our fingertips. These people need to stop pushing it on everyone else. And the first thing I want them to do is turn in your iPhone. This unscreened caller, what's your name, please? Good evening. This is Bobby from Florida. Hey, Bobby. You're on Free Talk Live. How are you listening tonight? I'm listening to you guys on Twitch right now. Okay, cool. What's on your mind? Um. Well, uh, you guys have gotten into government oversight, and um, uh, and uh, aside from, uh, I love calling when Nikki's on, uh, and, and I love Nikki's Instagram, and like I'm a big Nikki Mark. Um, uh, and first, first, let me call you know the guy that's not uh, uh, in the know. You know, he's the Mark. You know, he's getting beat up on. Anyways, um, aside from yeah. that, um, uh, I wanted to get into um, government oversight, um, and also the other night, uh, Captain. Captain, you were talking about, you know, um, like uh, somebody, you know, trying to start up a little business. And then, you know, I I started up a, uh, I was 23 and um, around my neighborhood, um, my buddy, his uh, grandpa got a, a zero turn lawnmower. And uh, okay. so, you know, I was like, you know, let's think of some ideas, you know, and and he didn't get it. He, he had one. He didn't get it just for this purpose. He had one. And so I was figuring ideas how we can make money. So I'm like, all right, all right. So so I went out and I did all the sales. Mm-hmm. And I went around to everybody. And, and, and a lot of them, they had, uh, you know, their own lawn stores and stuff. But I told them, whatever, whatever paying you, we'll, we'll, we'll do it for half. We'll do it for half. And so we, we uh, immediately, not immediately, but within a month, we had five yards to do. Okay. And then within the next four weeks, um, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to pick up and more starting to get around a little bit. And guess who visits us? Code enforcement. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. Um, I was going to guess the government if you want. gave us a chance to guess. Yeah, what are these guys? And, and, and this is that time I'm pretty much destitute. I have no other job to work. You know, I mean, I can go, you know, work at the state shake for, you know, $3 an hour. But at this time, you know, what, what else could you do? So we went and did that. And uh, code enforcement comes around and uh, show me your paper, show me your paper. Yeah. And they were asking for, oh, so uh, what are you guys doing out here? And said, uh, well, well, obviously, you know, we're cutting grass. And then, and, and, and then they had one guy, he was, he start, nowadays they start doing video. Mm-hmm. So they had a guy doing a video, like, I don't know, what are they making, you know, some uh, super awesome, you know, video for the government website or something, you know. And so they had some guy taking video and, and uh, you know, and anyways, I mean, just every opportunity, every little thing, every 
step of the way, they're just trying to step on your neck. Yep. And I, I love listening to you guys, and I know you guys cover all these topics and stuff, but that's just a little piece of what I mean, aside from what happened to Ian and you guys and the Crypto 6. And, I mean, that's just a little piece of the of the boot that I got on my neck. I mean, it's just, you know. You crazy. make a really and, uh, good point, and that is to say, uh, you know, in the spirit of uh, what's the movie, the guy Fox? Uh, v for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. Uh, uh, you, in this particular instance, are Ian Freeman. I am Ian Freeman. You all are Ian Freeman. This attack of the government against uh, Free Talk Live, the studio, against Ian as an activist, uh, as a an advocate, if you will, a spokesperson for freedom, uh, is an attack against all of us. It's not just an attack against him. He's bearing the brunt of the attack, of course. But uh, with regards to your story, we are all indeed Ian Freeman in one way or another. When the government attacks us, the best possible thing you can do, uh, the only thing you can do, is mitigate the damage. There is no, there is no real, I mean, unless you want to die, right? Unless you have a death where you're willing to die uh, on your hill, the best you can possibly hope for is to mitigate the damage. This from mirror.co.uk. I will say this. It's amazing, right? Like, I find these oddities, and sometimes I find them early in the week. Yes. And I go like, ooh, I'm going to save this one mm-hmm. for later. Mm-hmm. And then I see it, like, repeated on all the other sites throughout the week. Right. So this was a prolific number two story. Wow. It was all I, over the place. It, yeah. I, I also, all over, all the, over place. the place. I also saw this, uh, some version of this story yes. in, in multiple places. And I wasn't surprised when it showed up on your show yeah. prep. It was the it was the best one. Uh, the headline reads: Delta plane needed five hour cleanup after diarrhea horror left passengers disgusted. Disgusting. <laughs> Delta flight one ninety four oh. from Atlanta, Georgia to Barcelona was forced to turn around just two hours into the eight hour flight. After a passenger suffered severe diarrhea while on board. That's what happens when those stewardesses get, like, fascistic with that seatbelt sign, man. Mm-hmm. Just let the dude go to the bathroom, and well, we could have avoided all of this. And, you know, also, they used to serve, you know, real food on okay. airplanes. And now you just have to eat at, like, the food court in yep. the airport or before you get to the airport and hope that, you know, you don't get hungry Something's on your, open. On your yeah. eight-hour flight or whatever, right? Cause Maybe that's better, though, they'll, they'll, if they aren't eating. They'll serve you some... Plane? They'll serve yeah. you lots of carbs. They'll Eat serve less. you like pretzels, yeah. you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. But very rarely do they serve you a full meal. Uh, at any rate, uh, it was forced to turn around just two hours after taking off. This was eating Burger King for breakfast because that was open at the gate. Yeah. And uh, it required an intensive five-hour cleanup operation, which saw the carpet completely torn up and replaced. <laughs> the Delta flight was en route uh, from Atlanta to Barcelona when it had to make the decision to turn around as after a passenger suffered, suffered diarrhea, quote, all through the plane, unquote. Imagine being that guy. That sucks. Like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> You're forever known as the diarrhea guy. Yeah. 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 Who would you rather be, like the diarrhea guy or that his guy only, is a real chick? His only recourse, if oh, he doesn't no. have... At least she was hot. I <laughs> doubt this guy's hot. If he, if he didn't have a career... You know, as of this, his only recourse now is to write a book about this. Okay. Right, because that's yeah. the only way he's going to make any money. How I delayed everyone on their way to Barcelona. Yeah, and then hopefully somebody makes a movie out of it, right? 
Trauma, Tom Hanks. Trauma Productions. Okay. Trauma Villain. Trauma? Trauma. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Toxic Avenger, new one's coming out. Well, I mean, you know, okay. here, here's a good scene for there it. There you go. Just sharing. An audio recording suggests flight crew claimed there was a medical issue on board. Gross images from inside the cabin showed the mess in the middle of the aisle with dozens of passengers nearby abandoning their seats. Abandoning. Where are you going to go? That's the thing. Like, you're on an airplane. Where? Yeah, where are you going to go? You're going to go into the aisle? You sloshed that mess? Like, I mean, squish, squish. there's a reason why the term explosive diarrhea exists. Yes. Right? Because it's not just regular. It's explosive. Yeah, that's the pressure. The PSI. <laughs> Look at all that PSI. Sorry, taking Guar lyrics, <laughs> putting them on Free Talk Live. Passengers said staff used a vanilla-scented disinfectant <laughs> spray as they journeyed back to Atlanta, but one passenger no. said it really just made things worse. It always does. That's why I don't spray in the bathroom. It always does. It's they like, have oh, good. It. Now it's just poop they with these- like Hawaiian mist sprayed over it. They have these photos, and they're... There's a bad taste in your mouth, doesn't it? Oh, God. They're not the clearest photos, but it says uh, paper towels were put down in an attempt to disguise the excrement. Flight crew attempted to cover the smell with vanilla-scented disinfectant. You know, I used to work with a CNA at the nursing home that carried... Um, a bottle of fabric softener mixed with water. So she made her own like okay. room spray sort of thing. Yeah. And she was like, this is the Febreze. best thing. Right, yeah. yeah. And there were times where this was, you know, after the COVID thing, we had the masks, right? And what we would do is we would do a toothpaste mustache. If it was a really stinky, you know, situation that we had okay. to take care of. Yeah. And you'd take some of the toothpaste and you'd, do a mustache, yep. and then you'd put your mask oh, yeah. back on, and it would kind of now you're mask it a little bit. Yes. But yeah, and th- those are the two things that w- only worked. Nothing else you try to mask that sort of smell is going to work. This reminds me of the old pot smokers trick where they would take fabric softener sheets, yeah, stuff, rub them, them, yeah. stuff them inside of an empty paper towel yeah. or toilet paper yeah. roll, and then they would smoke the joint or the bowl or whatever, yeah. and they would exhale their smoke through the toilet paper oh, roll, okay. mm-hmm. disguising the, the scent sploof. of marijuana with the scent of of the fabric softener, the okay. bouncer, or yeah. whatever, you know, snuggle or whatever the hell Oh, it was. I did that in seventh grade. Yeah. I thought you were going a whole different direction. I thought you could say plague doctor mask, because that was like <laughs> filled with, that thing was filled with like floral arrangements, and that's why it had like uh, the long cone nose. Yeah, no, a much, so a much more ghetto solution okay. yeah. to, to that Yeah, you like smoke problem. your pot out of a can with holes in it, and then uh, yeah, I'm, blow I'm it very into good. the sploof. I'm very good at making that particular pipe. Yeah. Give me uh, a paper clip. Or a pin and an aluminum can, and I can make you a a pipe with which to smoke. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.